0: Welcome to the Help for Hip Dysplasia podcast. I'm your host, Laura Rotford, a physiotherapist, Pilates instructor, and fellow hippie. We're here to talk all things hip dysplasia, to build a community, to support and guide each other through the ups and the downs. If you like the podcast, please share it and rate it. It does help others to find it too. And if you have any feedback or questions, they're always welcome. Email me at laura at That's it for now. Let's get started with the show. welcome to the help the hip dysplasia podcast this week we have with us sydney steinberg from pao buddies i put this up on my instagram earlier this week to say that we were having this interview or discussion um, and really really excited to get to know sydney's story so welcome sydney thanks for coming on
1: thank you for having me
0: you're so welcome so um Your new site or organization, PAO Buddies, um, is something that I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about. So your strapline is that you're focusing on connecting people with hip dysplasia who have either had or are considering having a PAO. So can I ask what's the connection with you and hip dysplasia and your story and how did all this kind of come about?
1: Um, so yeah, so I was diagnosed with hip dysplasia probably beginning of September of last year, so 2020, but I was a dancer my whole life, like a very competitive one, and I never had problems with my hips, and I never thought anything of it, but unfortunately in January of 2020, about a year ago, I was in a serious car accident where um, a pickup truck like sped into my door, so the airbag hit my hip. And ever since, uh, my whiplash was so bad that for a while, my hip, like, it didn't bother me. Like, it was just barely anything. But I did physical therapy still for it because I was still limping around and everything. And just over time, we went to tons of doctors. They did x-rays, MRIs, and everyone was telling me I was fine when, like, the pain just kept getting worse. And for months, we switched from physical therapists, and nothing was working. And in the summer, finally we like stopped going to local doctors because everyone was just suggesting different things. No one gave me a diagnosis. I did tons of imaging and we ended up in this New York City where, they, like, where we went to a pain management doctor who suggested steroid injections. So I did too and they didn't work. And so it was definitely frustrating because I was a teen and I just wanted my life back, while everyone was dancing. And for months I was just in pain and no one believed me because every doctor was telling me otherwise. And after the hip injections didn't work, they suggested PRP injections. But at that point it was like enough, like just having me suffer through things that weren't gonna work. So we ended up at the hospital for special surgery where we met with the chief of psychiatry there, who's amazing. And he, um, he basically like pulled up my MRI and everything where everyone told me there was nothing there. And he said that like he does see that there's something wrong and he wasn't sure what, because he said the imaging was bad, but for once out of like, for the last eight months, everyone was telling me that I was fine. And for like a head doctor to tell me that it wasn't fine, it was definitely a shock. And for so long, everyone's like, you're fine. Like, I just thought it was an accident and a car accident and that was it. So it was definitely shocking when someone was like, it's serious and like, you might need surgery. It was definitely a shock, but it all happened so fast at this point i was already late august and the accident was january so i was dealing with this for so long school was around the corner and i just want to be fixed already and so after i did more imaging they they did a diagnostic injection with another hip doctor there at a hospital for stress surgery and they like proved their theory that i do have hip dysplasia on both my hips and like we just went into that appointment like knowing that it was a diagnostic injection, but I didn't realize how life-altering that day would be because they just said that, like, we needed to get an injection, and the chief of surgery after my imaging came back, held a hip conference with, like, I think 12 surgeons around the world, around, like, the country to talk about what is wrong with me, and they all came up with that theory, so when it proved right, they, I obviously had to be on, um, I obviously knew the PAO wasn't like gonna be the next thing, but I had no clue what it was. I didn't even know like anything about hip dysplasia. I didn't even know that I had it for this whole time. And I, at this point I was on crutches. I couldn't walk anymore because I literally couldn't take the pain. And to have that as a lifestyle, I mean, my sister was moving into college. I couldn't walk the college campus. That couldn't be my life to live. Even if I didn't want this surgery, it was silly. So we met, we haven't even met with the surgeon yet. And they kind of, they booked the surgery. And next thing you know, we went for like, we saw him like two weeks before the surgery and he just explained the risk. He didn't like, we already knew I had it and had to have this done. And then we had the surgery. I mean, it was definitely very difficult, but at the end of the day, it was worth it because I am now not in pain on that hip.
0: Okay. So, I mean, there's so much information to, to take from what you've just told us. And thank you so much for being able to, to share all that. Um, can I first just ask, how old are you? I'm only 15.
1: I'm turning 16 in a month.
0: 15, 16. Okay. Um, so, like you said, you know, you've got this, you know, massive passion for dance that you've talked about. Um, you're still, you know, going through education Um, and you've got this you know as you describe you know life-altering day that's happened can you talk me through how you felt knowing you know what your passions are what you see your life to be and then having that news how did that make you feel?
1: I mean for so long I was so mad and frustrated at the accident really because I knew that like this whole time I had every reason to believe that that accident was what caused everything and so I was just angry at the other drivers, but at a point, it was like, when I was diagnosed, I was like, I was born with this, so it wasn't that the accident caused it, it was more that it triggered the pain, and it started, but I knew dance, like, I love to dance, like, it's, I've danced since I was two, and so it was what definitely fun. What sort of dance
0: do you do, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Um, I do, like, hip-hop, jazz, lyrical, really everything, but um, it's definitely a lot of fun, and I, like, I'm on the varsity team at high school and I didn't want to give that up because tryouts were in August. And I had every reason to believe that I would be better by then if the accident was in January. So it was definitely frustrating to give that up. But at the same time, I like knew that this is what had to be done. I, it was definitely very upsetting, but I was more in shock because it was all happening so fast. Like It wasn't like I had months and months to think about if I want this. It was like Two weeks later, I had it. So there was not much time to even mentally prepare, which I think, I think that's why it was so hard after, because for the last eight months, I had every reason to believe that that was the recovery. And now after the surgery, that's their true recovery. So it was very difficult to wrap my head around it.
0: I'm not surprised at all. Um, Like I said, like in exactly the way that you described it, it was a life altering day for you. Mm -hmm. So It's a very short time between having that diagnosis then and having the surgery. You said there was very little time to prepare mentally, which you said might have been made a little bit harder afterwards. Um, Now, we've had on the podcast lots of different opinions on this, which is really quite interesting to see, because some people have said um, that it's so much harder because they didn't have time to prepare. They didn't have the understanding and time to do the research some people have said that they found it easy and not having known all of that beforehand because they don't get time to be as anxious. So from that perspective, do you have any kind of thoughts and feelings on that?
1: I mean, I definitely feel like if it was longer, like I was nervous because there are obviously like insurance issues and stuff that it will get delayed or with COVID. So I was definitely worried that the more it was held back, the more I just sit here and be anxious about it. But then at the same time, like I knew that it was a serious surgery, which it obviously is like a major surgery. And I didn't think about that. I just thought about like, oh, like I'm going to be under and they'll do it. And then that will be it. And I don't think I ever thought about what comes after when I wake up. Like, I don't think I thought about it once and I didn't worry about it. The biggest worry I have is like the IV going in before surgery. And like now looking back, that was like the least of my worries. So I feel like it's more just being like prepared for after because I didn't realize like how hard it would be to walk or how hard it would be to move your leg or any of that and I didn't think about the medications affecting me or anything so I think that definitely impacted how I felt
0: absolutely so when you came around when you remember waking up from the surgery how did you feel what what are the memories that you have of coming around from the surgery how did you feel in your body and in your mind afterwards
1: so I woke up and I remember like crying cause I was in so much pain and they like, so they gave me Tylenol or something through my IV, but they couldn't like start the epidural until like my legs woke up to make sure everything went fine. And so it probably was two hours later. And then, um, and I was crying the whole time cause I was in so much pain. And so they wouldn't let me see my mom yet. It wasn't like anything Like I didn't really care cause I was so out of it still. Like I just woke up. But then, um, then when I, when they, my legs woke up, they, they let me click, click that button every 10 minutes and I just kept clicking it. And I was in recovery for so long. Like I woke up at 1230 and I was in there till like six. So it was a long time to be in recovery. But by the time I kept clicking it, I probably ate, I think I ate an ice pop because I was starving. And by the time, right before I started going back to my room, I like, started getting so nauseous and by the time I got to room I was like viciously throwing up from the medicine and it was making me so sick and I just kept clicking it because it felt good for my hip but it was not good on my body. I mean I had hives on my face and I literally felt like by the night my throat was close like it felt like I was dying. It was that I was so scared because like I never felt like that in my entire life. So to feel so sick. I like couldn't do it. And then the next day they like, they shut off like the oxycodone in the epidural and only like, gave me numbing stuff, which definitely helped me. But then when they, they had to take it out eventually and my body went into like shock from the amount of pain I felt. Cause I wasn't really on the oxycodone. Cause it was like, it was making me throw up and everything. And then I just like, I started screaming because I was in shock and my body was shaking. I was viciously throwing up nonstop, and I hadn't eaten all day, so it was just like throwing up my insides. It was like the worst night of my entire life. Like I honestly, my mom was next to me, and like I, I felt so bad because like to see, I'm just to see me in that state, it must have been awful because I couldn't get it under control.
0: Absolutely, I mean th- th- that is one of the one of the more. Um emotional stories that I've heard from waking up from an anesthetic it doesn't sound like you had the best experience so um were you relieved when you were then able to start seeing you know family again because it sounds like you were in the waiting recovery area for quite a long time by yourself was it just yeah. nice then to have that support around you again when you were feeling a little, a little yeah because
1: once the epidural started in recovery I I really was like fine like I was so I was not out of it at all like I was talking to my mom the whole time. And with COVID, like my mom could only be there. Like I wasn't allowed anyone else in the hospital at all. So it was definitely rough because like I couldn't see my family. But it, it was nice still to have my mom by my side because like at the end of the day, like she was the one who believed in me the all for the the eight months that every doctor said no. And like she could have trusted the doctors after 10 and she kept going to the city, which definitely shows how much she trusts me. And knows that I wouldn't make up pain that I wasn't feeling so I definitely feel like family my family has supported me through all of this it's just hard when like the things you feel are not expected and it's hard to even understand it without going through it
0: mm-hmm. there was a post that you put up on um your Instagram that was talking about you know you can't you can't see everybody's illnesses. So please don't judge um, because you have no idea what's going on on the inside with people. And that, you know, that really resonated with me. And I'm sure so many other people that will, you know, start to to see and follow your page. Um, nice little pub for you here. If you haven't gone and found PAO Buddies yet, please go and find their page on Instagram. It is uh, at PAO Buddies, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so there's going to be some amazing stuff on there just for inspiration and information about how people can connect with each other which we'll come to chat about a little bit further on down the line but I want to dive back into um, your recovery a little bit um, if I may and ask about how that rehab started going when you started being able to move
1: um so um so when I before surgery I was on crutches for probably a month because I like, couldn't take the pain anymore. Like It was bad at a point. So I definitely lost a lot of strength over the last eight months before. And the surgery, obviously you lose like basically everything. So the recovery was going slower when I started PT, but I didn't even start PT till six weeks. So for those six weeks, it was definitely difficult because I was not moving. You just sit in a chair all day and you get up just to go to the bathroom when you need all your help to do it. And you can't, you sit there for hours, just staring at your leg, trying to move it. And the thought of that and seeing it happen to yourself, if it's gonna wake up, you don't know, it's scary. And like that, just that thought definitely impacts you and it doesn't go away for a while. And even in the hospital when you're like, like I couldn't, like every time I sat up in the first few days, I like totally passed out. And so I didn't even walk till like the third day I was in the hospital or even stand up. So to see people get up the next day and I was so delayed, it definitely like worried me. And like, am I gonna walk again? And even if I thought it for just a second or a few days, it's still that thought that like, definitely scary. Like it's your whole future ahead of you. And it's just like, I'm 15, I still have so much to live. And like the thought of never walking again is something that will definitely it has impacted me mentally. And it's like every little thing just adds to like the weight on my shoulders. So like from the beginning, the car accident, obviously I have a lot of PTSD from it because it was so serious. And like, I'm glad to even have walked out of it. And then the frustration for the last eight months, not getting better. And every doctor telling me I'm fine adds to it. And then the hospital stay was like the worst days of my entire life. It adds to it. And every little thought you see your leg not moving, the loss of mobility, and then obviously your support system. I mean, in life, you have three main aspects, your social, physical, and mental. And at the end of the day, you're like, when your physical health is so bad, you expect your mental and social health to go up. But when like, like I said, in this post that I just posted, it talks about how people don't understand. And especially as a teen, I mean, teens just want to go out and party. And that's really it. They don't deal with this heavy kind of stuff. And so even if you are like trying to understand it definitely is difficult. So I'm like trying to meddle through, but like on top of my physical health that my social health is a struggle because with COVID you really can't see anyone. Cause it's not, I didn't want to delay my physical therapy sessions for it but throughout it, I really haven't complained. I really haven't went negative at all as much as my mental health was struggling. I still remained positive and, and I was about to reach a dark hole and I was like, instead of that, like, why don't I help people and not feel what I have felt through this? And so that's what I've been trying to do.
0: So this this was how PAO Buddies was born?
1: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So how did, you, how did you make the
0: jump from feeling that way, recognizing that it was something that you didn't want other people to go through to then starting to make this a reality? Like, did you have help from um, family? Did you get other, you know, people like business-wise to get involved to help how did that process happen
1: so I um so obviously I was struggling a lot because a lot of stuff has happened while I was recovering whether it's socially mentally whatever and at a certain point I was like so sad about what has happened and I was feeling sorry for myself when instead I was like why don't I do something that makes people not feel what I'm feeling and so I went to my dad and I was like dad like why don't we build a buddy system because I would know like for surgery after I looked up like support groups for this there's like nothing online and it's like that's exactly what we need especially when it totally strips your life away for the few months that you're not walking or whatever and so my, we looked we researched all these website makers and we found one and we like did what we had to to make it And probably three months, like right around my, after my surgery, a month later, I started, I thought about this idea and I like started the website, just like the basics. And then I had to go, when I returned to school, I had so much work to make up that I just like couldn't have time for it. And then right before Christmas, I like was like, I was really upset about everything. So I was like, now's the time to focus on this when like, it's so needed. So that's when it all came together and I worked hours and hours to make it. And I'm still in the process of adding to it and changing stuff. But I definitely feel like it's definitely got a lot of people to like uh, sign up for it and apply for buddies because it shows that like not every, like basically everyone wants this. It's not something that like you just do, it's something that people want and need. Cause at the end of the day, your mental health is just as important as your physical.
0: And I think also, you know, like you've mentioned, if you can find somebody who is going through the same thing as you, you can have different conversations with them on a different level than you might be able to with either your family or your best friends, you know, because as much as they want to give you as much love and support as they possibly can. If you speak to somebody who is actually going through the same thing as you, you can have those conversations on a different kind of level. Did you find that when you've been speaking to people? Yeah. Yeah,
1: So I actually, um, So I don't, I didn't have Facebook at the time before surgery because like the, I wasn't part of the group because they said like, my mom just didn't want me in it. So they wouldn't scare me or anything. So my mom actually though, like found this teenager who, who's been through it. And she reached out to me and we started talking and she was a stranger to me, but at the time she was like, so supportive the week of the surgery. And I didn't even know her and she was the most supportive person I've ever met and throughout the whole recovery she's been there for me and she just she had her other hip done in November and I was there for her and she's honestly one of my best friends now through this and I really owe it all to her because she's really helped me cope with everything.
0: Did you want to give her a little shout out?
1: Yeah, (laughs) Sihana, you're the best.
0: Um, we'll, uh, we'll tag at her um, in the posts and stuff when uh, we release it so we can show her how much she made a difference to your journey. And obviously it helped inspire um, what you're doing now. So how does PAO Buddies work? So if somebody wanted to get involved, talk us through um, your website, what are the options, h- how people can apply to you know be the helper or the helpie or?
1: So when you first go to our website, there's the homepage, obviously. And it just has a blurb about what it is. And underneath, there's a forum that I've built. And it has a mentor mentee side. So basically, if you click on the mentor side, it takes you to a page where you can post stuff. And it basically says, like, start a discussion. So you could write, like, hi, my name is Sydney. And I have been through this. And I'm here to talk. So it's more just, like, I knew that, like, I wouldn't want to just post people's contact information without like their approval or whatever for people to get in touch with them. So the forum is a way for people just to post stuff if anyone ever wants to reach out to them on their own. But then on top of that, if you go, you have the about section, obviously, to talk about our mission and hopes and whatever. And then you click apply for a buddy and there's two forms. So one's apply to be a mentor. So that's people, basically people who have been through it and want to help guide people through their journeys, and so it basically just asked simple questions about when your surgery was and how was your experience and if it was worth it in the end, and what I've found is that basically everyone who wrote, whether they had like such a bad reaction to medicine, whether it was the hardest time of their life, in the end, everyone has said it was worth it because they are not in the pain they were before, and that was the goal, so it really is incredible to see that as hard as it is, people would still do this over again to get back to normal life and and then on the mentee side you could apply for a surgery date buddy so we have had some like same date buddies which is great to track your progress with them and then similar activity buddies because i know as a dancer like i want to talk to another dancer to discuss can you get back to dance can you turn again and so that is always great because a lot of people want that too and then of course a mentor for people to help you guide you and answer questions So you have those three choices. And then it basically just asks simple questions about when your surgery is and basically like who's your surgeon and stuff like that to connect people. And then the age, of course, is a big aspect because some people are 13 and some people are 30. So it's like you have to also take that into consideration. So it definitely takes a lot of my time on the weekends to match buddies up. But I definitely feel like it makes me feel good to see people because when I send out an email to two people and match them, people respond and talk and like, Oh my God, it's so nice to meet you. And it's so great to watch from the outside to see these two people connect when in the end of the day, they can end up being best friends. They can end up being the reason that they, that they get through this. So it's great to watch.
0: I'm I've got goosebumps listening to the passion that you have for this and the way that it's working already. And um, it sounds like there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than um, is visible through some of the, um, you know, outlets that you have to to market this and get this um, this awareness out. So, I, you know, I really hope that I can be a part of you know spreading the the word about this so that people can get involved and um, and be matched up. It just sounds like such a wonderful um thing to do uh, to help people out. So, thank you so much for having the time to put that together to be such a an amazing and inspiring part of this community of you know all of us hippies that are coming together so that's absolutely incredible and i can't wait to see this develop so if you are listening and you're interested in becoming a part of pao buddies whether that's as a mentor or you're looking for somebody to chat to um then how can they find you what's the details of the website address your social media um handles can you give it to us
1: yeah so my so the organization's instagram is pao buddies so that's the instagram so we just made it like last week so we haven't posted too much but it definitely has insight we just sent out the january newsletter about what will come and then also like what we posted last night was about Sianna actually spoke about how it's so hard because people say stuff to her about like, why are you taking the elevator in school? Like, you don't have to. And also like, I know a lot of people feel that like when you use a handicapped parking spot and you just learn how to walk, you literally can only walk a certain amount into a store and people get frustrated, you're not on crutches anymore. And it's like, you have no idea what is going on though. And so it's definitely hard to cope around that. But that's what I just recently posted, which has definitely got, I mean, I've got a lot of DMs about how how everyone feels this way. So it definitely is nice to see people all feel this way and you're not alone through this. And then the website's name is paobuddies.org. So on that website, you could click apply for a buddy and that will take you to the form. And then there's also a lot of stuff on the website too.
0: Amazing. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast this evening and spending the time having a chat to me. I really, really appreciate it. And like I said, I'm really excited to see where it goes from here. So thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you for having me again.
0: Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again next week with another inspiring and incredible guest. See you soon.